NextGen Talks is an initiative of PwC Nigeria's NextGen Club, featuring family business owners, NextGens, successful entrepreneurs, and professionals. NextGen Talks, shaping the African family business narrative. Welcome to Episode 4 of NextGen Talks an initiative of PwC Nigeria's NextGen Club. My name is Janessa Collins-Ogwo, and I'm the host for this podcast. The annals of entrepreneurial ventures appear littered with false starts, and rather than engaging the rhythmic flow from an unbroken composition of music that folks can dance to, participants seem inundated by an awkward cacophony of ominous sporadic sounds. This poetic expression of the peculiarities of entrepreneurship in Africa is an excerpt from the introductory chapter of the book titled In Pursuit, Journeys in African Entrepreneurship, co-authored by two friends whom I happen to know and have interacted with in the course of my career. The book chronicles their entrepreneurship journeys and as stated in the introductory chapter, aims to give a true and complete picture on what it takes to thrive in business on the continent of Africa. Joining me shortly on this episode is one of the co-authors of In Proceed, Journeys in African Entrepreneurship, Osarisi Gwabadia, to share his perspective on entrepreneurship in Africa. Oswald Osarisi Gwabadia is currently the Senior Special Assistant to His Excellency, President Mohamedou Buhari, on digital transformation. He is the lead on the Nigeria Startup Bill, NSB, a project that is strategic to the growth of Nigeria's tech ecosystem and digital economy. Oswald was just recently appointed as a director on the board of Edo Innovates, the engine hub to drive technology and innovation in Edo State by providing strategic policy guidance, leverage and skills development, investment promotion, and tech advancements in the state. His ultimate goal is to influence the economic narrative of Africa for good through helping to build sustainable businesses that contribute to economic development, job creation, and also thrive inclusively in an interactive ecosystem. As an African who is passionate about addressing development issues, he believes that startups and SMEs must take the lead to unlock potential, drive and sustain economic value on the continent. Before Ozul comes on, please listen to our next and talks nugget for this episode. The next gen talks nugget for this episode is not stars build businesses that last. They select the right structure for their business and choose board members and partners wisely. Starting a business may be spontaneous, but down the line, the roles, responsibilities, and equity structure of the business, and even how to resolve conflicts, must be properly delineated. Welcome, Oswald, and thank you for coming on Next and Talks. Hey, thank you. It's always good to be here. Fantastic. Always have you ever been on this podcast? No, I haven't, but we've, we've had a chat before, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. And I know you. I've known you for a while now, and it's interesting having these kind of interactions. So I've known you when I was in banking, and both of us are no longer... Well, no, you were not in banking. You were my client. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I was supporting banks, so that's what's confusing okay, about that. It's yes, not that layered, right? Yes, exactly. yeah, so my that's business true. supports so banks. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next gen talks nugget for this episode was 
not stars build businesses that last and except from your book actually the select the right structure for the businesses and choose board members and partners wisely can you just shed more light on that quote which is an excerpt from your book in pursuit yeah so basically i'll take that back a little bit to you know what's a north star very good right so a north star is somebody you look up to so when we thought of the phrase although i've heard it used in different ways we actually pictured a baby in the prom looking up at you know the mobile toys in the prom right so that's going to be a constellation above you right so as adults working now we kind of see ourselves with people above us that we look at and say this is who i want to emulate okay on different things right mm-hmm. so you may want to emulate you know mr x on how he treats his kids mm-hmm. or you may want to emulate mr p on how he treats his wife yeah and then you may have a mentor who you love how he runs his business and how he interacts with his staff. Right. And that's who you emulate. Right. So the idea of that chapter was particularly saying, you know, put together a constellation for yourself. Okay. Right. That helps set your path. Exactly what stars do. Right. Right. So they help you set a path. Yeah. So it all kind of plays together. Right. So you put together a bunch of people who are your stars, your not Mm -hmm. stars. Okay. And that just helps you lead you to where you want to go. And you actually get to trim that constellation depending mm-hmm. when your direction changes right i see right so when you're in banking i'm sure there was one banker there mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. were like wow when yeah. i come i want to be her or i want to yeah. be him yeah. but then when you change into entrepreneurship that person no longer serves the purpose anymore because exactly. they're, they're not the for you. exactly changing. so your direction has changed so that's what we meant by that so to answer your question more directly mm-hmm. is basically looking for somebody who has set up their business in a way that you admire Right. Right. So okay. we kind of gave some examples, you know, boards, of course. So these are all things you want to do for your company, right? right. So you want your company to have the right board, so you mm-hmm. get the right feedback and the right interaction board to executive interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to treat your staff well right. and so forth. So it's key to look for people who have sat on boards and say, okay, this is a kind of like, I have an age mate of mine who has been on several boards. Right. I look at her as my North Star. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I do, if I ever get a board of that caliber, she's the first person I go speak to. And say, hey, you know, what should I do? What yeah. should I watch out for? Okay. What do you think? So she's like, uh, she's been a North Star for a very long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's something about North Stars. They don't have to be older. Right. right? She's it's actually my experience. age mate. Yeah. She's actually my age mate. Mm-hmm, so her mm-hmm. exposure is different from my exposure. Right. So from that perspective, I look at her as a North Star for a lot of things. Okay. That's interesting. And I like the North Star analogy. And it sounds to me, if we're going to just put that simply, is like a mentor, right? But then... It's not a mentor because you don't necessarily, is it like, it's from a distance. So you're someone you look up to and you're learning from, from afar. So the problem with mentorship is Mm -hmm. that it's often misplaced. Okay. So what happens is that you have a North Star. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to approach them. Okay. Right. So what happens in our environment, in our marketplace is that people always feel they need to approach the North Stars. They they make that a target. Yeah. Like, oh, that guy. I look up to him, so therefore he must be my mentor. Okay. Is that a bad thing? I wouldn't use the word bad, but I would say it's, it's not, not very effective. So mentorship is about a relationship. True. Right? And mentorship goes two ways. Mm-hmm. There are people I call my mentor who I have done more for. Right. Right? But the day that I actually need them, that advice, that key advice that goes mm-hmm. left or right, you know, that's when they step in. So mentorship is about relationships. So it's rather difficult to mentor people if you don't understand them. If you don't develop a relationship, sure. right? Otherwise, what's my advice based on, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I have to know. So you have to really know that this person you're speaking to, you know their faults to some extent. Yeah. So yeah. there's never a one-sided issue when mm-hmm. they come and say, oh, my boss said this yeah. to me today. You're like, 
What did here, you do? You have like a full picture. Exactly. So you have to have a full picture for real mentorship. Right. Not to say they're not different variants of it mm-hmm, that actually mm-hmm. works for some people. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the key problems that we always feel like we need to approach our North Stars. Okay. Like the age mate of mine that I just mentioned. Yeah. She doesn't know she's my North Star. Right? Mm. I may have joked with her about right. it years ago, right. but it's not like this. There's nothing formal about you about, being my North Star. Yeah, yeah. But I know in my constellation that mm-hmm. when I look up at my constellation, this I can person. think, yeah, this person's there. Yeah. Right? And there are other people, and some people have been trimmed away, and some other people have been added to it. So there's a distance to it. Right. So what is it about, you know, the statement is not stars build businesses that last. And my interpretation of that is only not stars can actually build lasting businesses. What is it about a North Star? So it's very personal to some extent. Right? Okay. So it's a very strong statement saying right. North Stars, mm-hmm. right? So it being that the book was written for, you know, a range of people, right? Right. When you say North Stars, it's like almost telling the answer, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. North Stars don't build businesses. So read the opposites, right? So North Stars don't build businesses that don't last mm-hmm. and they don't pick bad people in their boards mm-hmm. and they don't treat their staff terribly, yeah. right? I think we had, there's some parts of the chapter where we actually describe what we feel, you know, so there's a phrase in the book that says the faces of a North Star, okay. right? So it's kind of helping you along to say, try to find the character that you are actually attracted to, that you believe is who you want to emulate, right? right? True. Right? Surviving this. Yeah. Thing. So this is not the time you're going to pull up the Pope as your North Star. Yeah. This is not the time you're going to pull up some very, I'm not saying you're going to do something aggressive or violent, mm-hmm. but you have to have a certain mindset right. that a certain North Star may not match. Mm-hmm. So you better be pulling on that North Star that you know is a bit gra gra at that moment. Yeah. That's what you need. For that situation. For that situation. So you have various people they're not all good people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's not the point yeah right i think that's so about what fits the situation exactly so it's like different personas exactly right. so at that point needs to be clear because i think they may be it's very easy to think north stars are all nice people that's what i was thinking no no right. no, no, no. Mm-hmm. so for that north star you are there for how he treats his people at work right and he probably would be instructive for you to understand the delineation of why he's two different people very important just for you to understand why that is but yeah. but if you see how he manages his office. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something that you want to learn, right? So maybe he's a North Star for a while. Maybe he's yeah. a North Star for not a long yeah. time. But just to give you that, North Stars aren't meant to be nice people. It's not. That's not the objective. That's not the objective. They're just meant to help you deliver the results yeah. that you're after. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that clarity. That really did help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'd like to just ask you to share what you think the African entrepreneurship journey is about. And I ask that because the focus of this episode is how we can shift the narrative of entrepreneurship in Africa. And with your book, you know, the title is very apt in pursuit, Journeys of Entrepreneurship in Africa. Yeah. So what is the African entrepreneurship journey and how is it different from entrepreneurship journeys in other parts of the world? So, you know, one of the key things I tell people, I say that, you know, when you're doing business in mm-hmm. Nigeria and Africa, you're building the very next step, right? Okay. So... And anybody, you know, somebody would say, well, well how is that different from Silicon Valley, right? Mm-hmm. So you're creating something that never existed before. Right. But there's the arena mm-hmm. on our continent is rather different. So there's okay. so many different examples. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't pay rent for just one month, mm-hmm. right? So if you're trying to start the same business that you're doing in Silicon Valley, in the same business in Nigeria, in Nigeria, you're paying rent for the entire year. Or two years. Or two three years. years, in fact. Exactly. You're business. buying a gen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're doing all these things. Right. While the guy in Silicon Valley can use his credit card, so that extends his capacity and ability. Right. So some of these ideas came to me. I was listening to an entrepreneur, his guy who, I can only to say who he is, but 
he basically created a, an app that everybody was using. Right. And he was doing this talk where he was talking about how he started his business. Mm-hmm. Right. And he makes it right off. I wanted to listen because I use the app myself. Yeah. So I wanted to listen to him. Right. Yeah. I want to be inspired. And right off the bat, he said something. He said, oh, when I started, it was so difficult. Um, I was living off my credit cards. Click. That's when I stopped listening. <laughs> right. Because I couldn't relate to that. Yeah. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a sort of a dual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I have credit yeah. cards, but yeah. you know, they, they're well, that's abroad. Not the, that's but not the trip. That's not the real that. experience here, right? right? So that's not the real experience here. So, so one of the biggest problems that you know what the book is meant to serve is that we are not telling our own stories. Yeah. So what now happens is that our young crop of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are now reading stories that don't apply to them. Oh wow. Right. Yeah. So I started my Apple in a garage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. de garage. We don't have garages. Garage. Yes. Right. So in a garage is seen as a unit situation, like mm-hmm. you know the smallest. If I want to say I started my business in the very smallest place in America, yes. a garage is just a, where you, is where you say you be. Started. You know, even musicians do it. A yeah. Garage band. You know, they started. That's it. for us. We don't have that. Our mm-hmm. own is village. It's village or, or whiskey in the like by way in some. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So that right there is already the wrong story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if we have more books, yeah, right. More books like this book. So the person telling the story was he Nigerian or no no he's, okay yeah, so he's yeah, yeah, okay, American yeah, but in his mind he's yeah. you know gotcha. no 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 he's American telling the story in America I was oh, just right. listening to oh, it you on, list- on oh. YouTube or something like that. So what were you expecting to hear? That's his no, but that's before I discovered this problem. Uh-huh, right. right, this is me looking for inspiration. Oh, you know, I see. We but read you couldn't all the books. relate to that. Yeah, but but okay. when I heard that for something, yeah. he clicked in my brain, going, right. "This guy can't can't teach me much." That's true. Right. So it's a case of the environment itself is different. Mm-hmm. The arena mm-hmm. itself is different. Yeah. And that is what creates. And then you also have a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. The adage that says um, innovation is the or necessity is the mother of innovation, mother of innovation. is not exactly Invention. true here. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's some things that are just required. They're just raw. Yes. Like, you know, you need water. So are you innovative because you. We just need it. Because you cleaned it. up water and put it in the <laughs> bottle? No. So there are a lot of things that are not really necessarily mm-hmm. innovative, right? Right, but they're, they're needed. Just necessary and they're important. Exactly. So, like in the book, we give an example, and mm-hmm. this is in the videos we did before the book came out. Yeah. One of my most favorite entrepreneurs is people who charge phones. Like that's innovative. It's not innovative. It's not. What's innovative about putting power on a table and charging a phone? It's not well, in twenty in this day. So and maybe age. what what is innovation? Maybe that's where the so the, innovation the is, is is more so solving a problem, right? So that sounds like it's, it's a pro- exactly yeah yeah. You see, that's the thing. That's why I like that example because okay. we could argue yeah. that it is because there's a niche, right? It's a business niche. Exactly. He's solving the problem. Mm-hmm. He put together a table. He connected wires. Mm-hmm. But how does that move us forward? Ah, so beyond solving the problem, it has to be moving us somewhere. Right. So if you are doing business in a place where things are not where they need to be, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. and you're solving, that's what you brought me there, right? So basically, that's the problem. He's spending his time Mm -hmm. solving a problem that he shouldn't be solving. Where, meanwhile, he probably could have been guided, probably created a new battery. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Ah, He could have been a guy who could have created wireless charging. He could be the guy who could have created a new way of creating new energy. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he's actually spending his time. The first person who so did it. It's almost reactive. We have a problem. Let's there you go. There you go. But does it could be on that? Yeah. So, yes, it feels innovative because he's solving a problem. Mm. But is he really? Let's be on that. Yeah, is he really? I mean, power was created years ago. So yeah. you just move power to a new medium. You just changed. Yes. Don't get me wrong. It's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing when I see it. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, I tell people all the time, there are different levels of entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. And the people who wake up every morning yeah. to go 
just charge mobile phones mm-hmm. or the people who wake up every morning and to go sell shirts yeah. and they're on a row of other people selling shirts next to them mm-hmm. are the real entrepreneurs right that is raw mm-hmm. right that is like you know you wake up every morning yeah. and the money you're going to make for today you're going to make it today if you don't make it today that's it and that's entrepreneurship that's the rawest sense of it rawest form yeah it. the rawest sense of it you know I joke around that there's some other people who are more at Jepota entrepreneurs but we won't go into that we won't that. go into that <laughs> Okay, so essentially what you're saying is the African entrepreneurship journey is basically defined by the environment Mm -hmm. and as is with other clients. So the reason that we're able to tell the story differently is because our experiences are defined by the realities of our environment and what we make out of it. Exactly. Interesting. We we don't have so much and there's so much we need to do. Mm -hmm. So the introduction of the book actually speaks to, there's a section that speaks to focus. Right? So one of the biggest killers mm-hmm. of African entrepreneur is losing focus because there's so much to do. Yes, you're right. You yeah. know. There's so much to do. You could wake up one morning and go, hey, I want to do this. And it's the next so day. So I think it's, there's too many problems to solve. There you go. Right? Yes. And while that's not a bad thing, so is the focus just being overwhelmed and not knowing which problem to focus on or is it you get tired of trying to solve one particular problem and you think the solution is to jump to the next well i I would say both right but what tends to happen is that we don't have a lot of human capital Mm -hmm. spread around right right Right. so if you're the entrepreneur Mm -hmm. in most instances even you yourself you're not fully cooked right right so you're trying to do five different things Mm -hmm. you yourself don't have the capacity and Mm -hmm. you don't have a good supporting cast yeah across all five things yeah so look at me with all my experience everything i've touched has not really turned to gold Mm. right Yeah, so if you Why go to, yeah, well, because for different reasons, you know, business ideas fail. Okay. So, like right now, one of the things that I'm pained about that I've not had time to get back to is that I started a foundation. Okay. Right? Oh, sorry. A charitable foundation, right? And it was meant to solve the problem of small companies okay. doing charitable things. Right. Right? So, when you're a startup, you don't really have time. To yeah. now say, okay, let's do CSR. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the idea of this this small idea was now be the CSR arm the CSR for all these small companies. Startups. So that it's, it's something that they started from the beginning and it grows with They'll them. just put their name on it, right? right? So you right. give money or you give either yourself or time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So sorry, time or money. Yeah. Right? So either you come yourself with your team on one Saturday. This company is already set up for you. You guys are going to clean the bridge. Yeah. Right? And you all have your shirts on and you do yeah. it. And then you go and put it on your own website. That, so helping you, know, you do your social good. Exactly. So that was the idea. Right. Right. Has already gone anywhere. Why not? Time, right? So, so going back to your book and focus. So, so going back to the book and focus, it's a case of because, like you said, there's so many things to do, mm-hmm. right? We'll have to get used to the idea that you may not be able to achieve them all, right? And the time that was spent, the time and resources that was mm-hmm. spent doing that thing, mm-hmm. in some situations, can derail your business. Okay. Right. So in my case, it didn't necessarily derail my business. What's now suffered is the great idea is not being executed. Right. Just sitting there, kind of in ice. Right. Right. That's what's suffering. Mm-hmm. But for some other people, it could very well be that it derails them mm-hmm. from what they're supposed to be doing. Right. Right. So that's the problem. Right. So somewhere there's going to be a, a fail where you can't really manage all these balls in the mm-hmm. air, mm-hmm. and it's all a case of actually it's not even balls, it's eggs. It's not a case of which one drops. <laughs> which one drops? Because yeah. It's a major. So what's what's the advice? So how you preaching focus to entrepreneurs if you say that's the problem how it's one of the problems but i would say it, it's critical to focus on what you're working on right you believe so you know there's a number of things that that qualifies that so just basically stay on track don't don't 
bounce around, mm. if there's any other better way to say it. I mean, yeah. it's because the, the thing is, there's so many things to solve. Right? Because in Nigeria, you can, wake up, you can wake up in the morning and be an oil, oil guy. Yeah. And then by afternoon, you are, <laughs> you are, you are, you are running a clinic. Sure. And by evening, you are doing cargo. I mean, but that's, that's what you do. That's, I mean, you, you're in so many different parts of so, different sectors, industries. No, but a lot of times they, they all, so, so let, let me, example of this. Yeah, okay. they, they tied in. So you remember in the beginning of this conversation, yes. you said, should I introduce you with your government? Correct. And I said, I'm beginning to learn that mm-hmm. I'm living the reality of what I said I'm going to do. Right. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not really different. It feels that way. Right? So uh, a lot of times, you know, when people do things, it's driven by a certain purpose. Yes. Right? So there's a core. There's something. Exactly. Yeah. So if I said years ago that I love entrepreneurs and, mm-hmm. and I, I've always tried to help entrepreneurs yes. and I've been mentoring so many entrepreneurs uh-huh. and then I write a book. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And the book is to do what? Talk about entrepreneurship. And to help entrepreneurship. So when you may see that it's all over the place, there's a I line actually do see that brings yes. it all together. And then I take on this government role, sabbatical with the government. Policy. And the very first thing I'm doing is what now? A bill. To do what? Startups. There you go. So it's all in line, right? Fantastic. So, but sometimes you don't see when it's forming. Yeah, because I agree. Because you are sitting on a, it's like you're sitting on a rapids, and it's just taking sure. you. But if you are somewhat true to yourself, or you step outside and just see. Yeah, and yeah. then you see what how it's forming. How it's coming together. Cool. I like that. So another interesting part in the book is you talked about SMEs being the backbone of any economy, but in Africa, they tend to become the ground that big corporations walk on. Hmm. And when I read this part, I, I could, I mean, and the example that you gave, it was so interesting. And I would like for you to just, you know, expand on that in terms of what you mean by the big corporations walking on SMEs. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you don't need one big company mm-hmm. or five big companies. You need hundreds thousands of smaller companies right so one of my more recent vision statements you know as mm-hmm. it relates to the formation of the, the bill has been forming and i've been interacting with the uh, tech ecosystem yeah is that i would love startups to start people are now saying i started my startup in my village mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and not necessarily to and to move potentially move i like that so that's the narrative right yeah basically that's, so yeah. yeah i want startups startups so that's the, the in fact i see it so you know how sorry to just no, digress no you know how the americans say they start in the garage exactly so this is the narrative that's exactly where it came from original yeah so like. my our startup started in our villages right. i want my my startup started in my village so and then not just to have unicorns mm-hmm. right fantastic we have like five of them now yeah let's move it to 70 something india has Absolutely. 70 something mm-hmm. india in 2021 had 30 unicorns wow 30 companies became unicorns in, in india in, in 2021 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's grow our unicorns but beyond that let's have thousands of smaller companies that actually are nowhere near unicorns but are hiring 20 people, 30 yeah, people, yeah. and they're creating value. Job creation. Right? Yeah. So now, when it comes to doing business in Nigeria, I mean, the book goes into it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different problems you know, from tax people to somebody coming to your front gate and saying you didn't clean the gutter that they're supposed to clean mm-hmm. to it's just, it's just all kinds of stuff. A lot of rent seeking. These, yeah. these are no secrets, right? We all know them. Yeah. That is one set of problems. Now, if you speak to any entrepreneur, a lot of entrepreneurs, they will talk to you about just payments. Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. You will find that there's almost no entrepreneur. Well, let me not generalize, but a lot of entrepreneurs will talk to you about, you know, they may not use the term cash conversion circles, mm-hmm. right? But they will give you an example of what they're going through on yeah. the cash flow. Yeah. That if you understand cash conversion circles, you see what's happening to them. Yeah. So uh, this is actually in the book. I was sitting through a, you know, see, one thing a lot of people don't understand is that 
business is a science. Right? And we just casually go into it. Yeah. And we never think that we need to study. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't read the right books. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you're not reading the right books, you're not studying, and then you're wondering why you're having problems. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I read books that I on purpose read to solve mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I think this is an issue. Right. What kind of book would help have conversation with people when they say listen to this podcast right read this book okay. podcasts have become something that actually the wedging right yeah. so you yeah. listen to a podcast of like some business person mm-hmm. you know like this is a business woman i just listened to a podcast recently that i think most women should listen to it's fantastic okay, tell me when i remember okay. i'll tell you oh no yes is the lady who the gm lady um i forget her name yeah. is it better mm-hmm. anyway sha gm lady just gm lady I'll there's a podcast about her yeah. fantastic okay, okay. so you know, you read these books to help you because it's a science and you right. really should study it. Mm-hmm. So here I am sitting in this, you know, a friend invites me to the Harvard Business School meeting. Yeah. And they had this Harvard professor that they all know. He's, right. he's famous, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess he's very insightful. Mm-hmm. And he starts to draw out cash conversion circles. And I've never heard the phrase before because I didn't right. go to business school. Uh-huh. Right. And I found myself almost alarmed. Yeah. I'm like, that's what's happening to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for those that don't know, cash conversion circles is basically, cycle actually, is basically yeah. um, the period in between where you pay somebody and when you'll get where paid. Where you get paid. Mm. Right? So, if you're in a business where you basically get paid by a bigger company and then you now pay smaller contractors. Yeah. If the guy pays you one million and then you have now paid several payments of 200K, mm-hmm. that middle, you know, the shorter you make it, the better for you. Of course. The longer it is. The worst for you. stressful is. Yes. But when that's being done to you by a larger company, yes. not necessarily because they have cash flow problems, mm-hmm. just because they probably they just, manage it. They just, we're not going to pay you. And then there'll be drama and it'll be this. It destroys smaller businesses. Of course. Yeah. Is it one of the biggest problems? Like, it's one of the problems yeah, that if right. we solved it, mm-hmm. smaller businesses would thrive. Right? I mean, there's so many examples of, you know. But not, I mean, why, what is it about the large corporates? Is it out of just not taking the smaller businesses as seriously or just them also trying to manage? I think it's a case of them also trying to manage their cash flow. Okay. Well, um, I think that's what it is. To yeah, be so it's a like, big part. Oh, they can wait as much. Yeah, but yeah, it may much. get to the point where it's not value generated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know people who during COVID closed down parts of their businesses. Yeah. That bigger companies rely on, and uh-huh. if that business, that like for instance, this particular one I'm thinking about is a support business. Right now, if that support business does not exist, yeah. the support for the equipment they need, they need to now go for a more expensive. It costs a lot. But more. nobody's thinking about that. They're just thinking right. about money. Yeah. So if you are destroying this arm, people it's are losing jobs. They're yeah. not going to be there to support you when you need it. They used to show up right immediately and yeah. solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Now you have to now start calling some hotline yeah. and, and getting support from wherever. And they're not going to get here tomorrow because they have to fly in. Nobody weighs that out. That's true. So when you now spread that across. Because everybody just sort of focuses on that one thing and yeah. not see the bigger picture. So there needs to be, I particularly think there needs to be a, sort of a payment system. Okay. Right? So payment is a big problem. It's big enough to talk about it like we are right now. Yeah. Because I, I mean, most entrepreneurs I've spoken to, once they start talking, when the payment thing comes, you just see the, it's all the same reaction, yeah. you know. So I think there's enough of a need there to set up a payment system. Okay. Something that makes payment happen, even if it's just close after the contract. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Something that, and especially in the environment. Here's the one so thing. So when you say payment system, what exactly? Because I'm thinking I have a small business-ish and we do invoices, right? And then you get like reminders. So if, if you've issued the invoice to someone, you know, they're supposed, it's timed for them to get a reminder that you know this invoice is pending is that no it's beyond that, it's beyond that. so interesting so this is why podcasts are great 
right? Yes. So I just listened to a podcast, a podcast on cryptocurrency. Right. Okay. I'm still listening to it. Okay. And they were talking about Ethereum. Right, okay. so ether. So before these things became asset classes, mm-hmm. really, Ethereum was actually developed as a blockchain contract. Okay, right. So you and I go into a contract mm-hmm. where we say, you know, I have done this service for you, mm-hmm. and you are going to pay me, mm-hmm. but we do it on the blockchain, right? right? And I can see that using the blockchain, you can now instigate the payment. Uh-huh. Let me stop there because it's actually a very good idea, right? <laughs> so no, 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 <laughs> no. It's, it's actually a good business idea. So we're not going to be doing it over the radio. <laughs> so, so the thing is, right? Yeah. The thing is that if you have a way of automating the payment, so it's not there's no human interaction. In it. Mm-hmm. If the work is done and you sign that is done, then your payment should be made, right? Then also think about the hedging because mm-hmm. it's not even the is the work done. A lot of time yeah. payments not about the work done, not mm-hmm. the work done. Mm-hmm. It's the human part that makes yeah. yeah. So, if you also look at the part that a lot of people miss, mm-hmm. hedging, yeah, right. So you get a contract. The contract is for 100 million naira. Mm-hmm. When you got the contract, 100 million naira was $500,000. You start doing the work. Mm-hmm. Naira dollar does their dance. And then everything, the cost changes completely. Somebody, somebody of... should be hedging. Yeah. Right? Do you yeah. know currently who hedges? Who? The vendor. The mm-hmm. vendor is the one that's hedging. And the vendor is not in the position to hedge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that makes everything more expensive. Yeah. So if the, if the laptop is really $500, you and are forced to price it at 800 because yep. you know between this time and the time you get paid, it may shift. Yeah. So the truth is, a lot of things would be cheaper mm-hmm. if we had some kind of mechanism to say, looking at the Naira dollar, it's quite possible it's going to shift. Let's just... I owe you 3 million Naira. By the time I would convert it to FX, mm-hmm. by the time I pay you, yeah. I still owe you 3 million Naira, but... It hasn't changed. But I'll pay you the value, the mm-hmm. new value mm-hmm. of what the converted FX is in the new Naira. Interesting. It does, nobody loses any money. So, why hasn't this happened? Uh, should I drink my water? <laughs> Asking me spiritual questions. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, that's interesting. So, this is entrepreneurship in Africa, and we're getting some of the peculiarities. So, would you say that this is something peculiar? To, is it Nigeria? Is it Africa? Is it global? You know, I wouldn't dare speak for the world, but I, right. but I know that there are systems in place. Know, like for England, for instance. I mean, mm-hmm. I, have, I have vendors, right. you know, in a number of European countries. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can't owe them money. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Why, why do you know you I can't? mean, you have credit, mm-hmm. right? I think in England, I mean, I'm not the one who deals with this, but in England, I think there's a system where you actually can report it. Aha. Uh-huh. Right? So there, yeah. yeah there's, there's systems in place. in place. You just can't go around owing people money in England, right? Once they put it in the system, I think you can't even get credit from anybody else. And that's part of the, yeah. yeah. So that's part yeah. of the issue, right? That's part of the issue. So it needs to be systemic. Yeah. And that's why you're where you are and the startup bill that you're doing to influence this kind of... These kind of things, correct. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know what, Oz? I could go on. I think that maybe we have just a few more minutes for you to share um, a recommendation that you think... In fact, two recommendations that you think can foster successful and sustainable entrepreneurship in Africa. Two recommendations? If you can't do two, you can do one. Oh, two too many? Mm. Or you have a lot more? To, to, to recommend it. So no, let me not waste the time just <laughs> cracking up about the fact that you think it's two. So, you know, like I said, no, I'm sure there's a lot more yeah, that I could talk to. Yeah. I mean, business is a science, right? Mm-hmm. So respect it for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Understand that, you know, the key difference between an entrepreneur okay. and entrepreneur yeah. right, mm-hmm. is risk. Okay. Right. That's the only difference. Right. So I could be an entrepreneur and I 
come work for African Business Radio. Right, right, right. right. It doesn't mean that I'm, actually African Business Radio will gain from my entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. you know, approach to mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a great hire. Right. 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 But the minute I go out and You're exposed. and decide that I'm going to mm -hmm. do an idea, is a statement. By yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a very strong statement that says that this thing. Mm -hmm that I, I'm about to do mm -hmm. is and I have a vision for right. it's, it's going to feed me right? very basic right so it's important that you understand mm -hmm. that it's a, it's a risk thing okay that you're taking a very big risk right right and that and the risk being that um, you, you start to death mm. it's plain simple okay right so I make jokes all the time like you know I've been doing this for 15 years I can't believe for 15 years I've been waking up every January mm -hmm. I go Ah, let's go again, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? It seems insane, yeah, right. And of course, you know, other things. Life moves on. You know, yeah, building a family on this, mm -hmm. you know, a number of mm -hmm. other things. So I would say that you know it's critical to one mm -hmm. understand why you're doing it. Person, right? I agree. Mm -hmm. Right. I wouldn't even say it has to be part of your purpose and da da da. da because I but think, just even know the why. Yeah, but I think yeah, know the why because I think I think the purpose thing. You know, I think sometimes you have to go through a number of things to get Experiences to what your know. purpose. So this may just be one of the things on your belt. Yeah. Right. So yeah, this is the idea of the toolkit. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I I think it's also really important that you understand your environment. Very important. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it's critical that you understand your environment. I think everything else falls mm -hmm. into that. Right. Right. So you understand why you're doing it, mm -hmm. and then you also understand the environment that you're the operating, you're operating in. in. Right. Mm -hmm. So this brings in the whole idea of VUCA, and you know, yeah, you know what level of volatility you're dealing with, mm -hmm. what level of complexity you're dealing with, and Uncertainty, so forth. Yeah. So if you take that in cognizant, then look, you no, know, this is what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. This is the environment I'm doing it I'm in. Operating in. Mm -hmm. This is where I want. Like for instance, when I came to Nigeria to start my business, yeah. I mean, it was something that I had passion from when I was working in Goldman Sachs. I was yeah. sitting in Goldman Sachs. Looking at Nigeria and say, wow, I see that opportunity. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. What am I going to do? So yeah. I started taking frequent trips, coming to Nigeria. I mean, I'm in Nigeria in April. I'm in Nigeria in, you know, I've come to Nigeria for a weekend. Yeah. You know, That's learning, meeting, yeah, me yeah, meeting people, right? Mm. So you have to be intentional about it. Yeah. So meeting people, learning the environment, would this business make sense? Who else is doing it? Yeah. And so forth. Before yeah. you take that step, right. even taking that step, it wasn't really taking that step. Mm -hmm. I came and I took a job. Why? Because I still needed to understand the environment, learn who's selling what, who offers this service, yeah. where are the opportunities in the market, yeah. who's not doing what, yeah. right? Yeah. And 15 years later, yeah. we're still doing, still doing the same set of things I wanted to do yeah. when I was a much younger person, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> being overpaid. <laughs> overpaid. <laughs> I remember that's in the book. Mm. I mean, so what I hear you say is know why you're doing what you're doing, understand the lay of the land, and that's essentially, you know, those two are very important to yeah. at least starting. It's a science. Yeah. If you treat business as an art form, yeah. you'll get in trouble. It's not. Why well, isn't it a combination, no? The art of business, yes. Mm -hmm. The fluidity of it, the mm -hmm. beauty of it, and mm -hmm. so forth. Yeah. But it's really driven by science. That's the foundation. It's, it's like the Like anchor. art. Do you know art students are actually very good mediticians? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you you find a lot of artists, because mm. when you start doing proportionality on a, on a piece of board, you are yeah. doing math in real time. But they're not thinking of it in that way, no. They may not be. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. But you run into people who actually know the connection. Yes. Right. They will yeah. be like brilliant mathematicians, but they want to paint. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I paint, and I'm really good at math. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. Okay. Interesting. Well, thank you very much. That was fun and enlightening. As always, it's always good to. 
have these conversations with you. Thank you for sharing with our listeners. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Next Gen Talks. Catch you on the next episode. Next Gen Talks is an initiative of PwC Nigeria's Next Gen Club, featuring family business owners, next gens, successful entrepreneurs, and professionals. Next Gen Talks, shaping the African family business narrative.